Welcome to the Unleashing AI podcast, hosted by Pavel Fakanov. Join us as we speak with industry experts and explore the wonders of innovative, custom-built AI and how it can help grow your business, whilst also delving into the latest developments in the fields of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Unleashing AI podcast. I'm your host, Pavel Fakanov, and joining me today is Katie King, the CEO of AI in Business. Katie has published two books on the adoption of artificial intelligence in business. Using Artificial Intelligence in Marketing was published by Cogan Page in 2019 and was listed as a resource in the brand strategy model of the World Economics Forum Empowering AI Leadership Toolkit for corporate boards. Her second book, AI Strategy for Sales and Marketing, was published in early 2022. Katie has also delivered two TEDx presentations and is a regular on the international speaker circuit. She's also a frequent communicator on BBC TV and radio. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Pavel. Good to be here. Yeah, also super excited about you coming here and thanks so much. Probably for people who don't know you that well, can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you get into the AI? What are you doing? All of that. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So I've spent my 30-year career consulting clients, many, many technology clients, but many other sectors as well. I'm on the all-party parliamentary group for enterprise adoption of AI. And I got into AI about 10 years ago. As I say, I've got a background in tech. I've got an MBA and I've spent many years helping brands to understand their go-to-market strategies, their thought leadership, how they really reach out to their audiences, manage their reputation. So marketing's been at the core of what I've done for many years. And in that time, it's been very traditional very digital and now very AI-based. And I've always been an innovator in that sense. I've always wanted to move ahead and bring people with me, often very skeptical people. And uh, yeah, well, we can explore that maybe a bit more shortly, but that's really where I've started. And I've been running my own business, which is a digital agency called Zudica's with a sub-brand called AI in Business for about 12 years. That's amazing. That's definitely amazing. I would love to know more about AI in business. How did you initially start it? What was your motivation? Just some starting story, because I personally am super excited just to hear like different stories of starting a company. It's always so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important to be very honest with people and not to pretend that AI is out there being deployed at scale across every business function in every industry sector around the world, because it's not. Of course, there's loads of excitement about ChatGPT, et cetera, which I'm sure we will come on to later. So. I've been running my digital business since 2010, so nearly 13 years. And in that time, I worked for many, many companies. And one was in the prop tech, property technology, construction, real estate. And quite a few years back, about eight years ago, I was involved with the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, the RICS. And we were tasked with writing a white paper for them on how AI and machine learning could be used in the built environment. Built environment spans construction property facilities. And that was really exciting. And it was a deep piece of research. And from there, I've really felt that 
I had turned 50 and I'm now 56. I turned 50. I'd moved away from London and I'd lost my unique selling proposition that I had had for many years with digital. And so I needed something new to differentiate me out there on the market. And I saw AI as a perfect example of what was coming down the line in the marketing sales CX space. And so, as you say, I wrote the first book. I wrote it in 2017, 2018. It was published in 2019. And then the second book was published last year. And the books have given me, and I knew they would, intellectual property, a body of intellectual property that gives me the edge that from that feeds loads of paid keynote speaking, training, consultancy. So, the truth is, it was me needing to stay current being visionary and, you know, coming up with something that would give me a a lead of maybe five years. Now everyone's catching up. You know, I wrote the second book and I've probably got to do another one. So it's that cycle of not being a laggard, but being an innovator and pushing the boundaries. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think like in that competitive space, you always want to make sure that you're actually positioned as a thought leader. And basically what you're doing with your books, that's exactly what it is. Again, you want to be the one who is basically explaining how AI works, how you can apply it to different businesses. Definitely it helps a lot with actually getting the clients, helping different businesses. Absolutely, Pavel. And, you know, that reputation management you talk about and that thought leadership is at the heart of marketing today. And actually with ESG and sustainability and other issues, it's at the heart of business because business today is about purpose and you know flexibility and making a difference to the planet, to people's lives, to community and so on. And we'll probably explore that maybe a bit later as well. Definitely. So one other topic that I would like to discuss. So you basically have been working with a lot of enterprises, but we also have a lot of smaller companies that also want to apply AI right now in their businesses. So Again, as an expert, can you give us a couple of examples about the way smaller companies, startups actually can apply AI, let's say, to get the competitive edge in sales and marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. And you're right to ask that question because for many organizations, for quite a few years, AI has been seen as a technology, as a set of tools that are really only applicable for the big corporations. And so I see it in two ways. There's the first area, which is operationally, how can a retailer, a law firm, uh, a construction company, a telecoms company of any size, how can they deploy AI? And then there's the bit I think we're more focused on today, which is the business function of sales and marketing. And the difference with those two is that With the business function tools, they're very affordable. So a small, medium-sized enterprise can use up until chat GPT, you know, GPT-4, et cetera, before they came along. And even still, there are AI in marketing tools that, you know, some are free, some are paying for like a premium type model like Concured and Frazy and many, many others. Within the tools that many marketeers would be familiar with, like MailChimp and CRM packages and Brandwatch and so on, there are now AI tools and they're an extension and maybe you might be paying a little bit more for them or maybe they're packaged in as part of what you get. So they're about 
helping with go-to-market strategies by understanding in detail the persona of your customer so that you're not kind of guessing. AI has given us the analytics and the data so that we don't have to guess. So there's this whole raft of tools for sales, marketing, personalization, scoring, content creation, research that actually are very, very affordable. Many of them are point-to-point sort of tools, you know, narrow AI. And then we've had just recently Microsoft 365 Copilot, where AI is coming into all of the packages we use, like Outlook and Word and PowerPoint and Excel. Some of that is sort of marketing-related comms, etc. And then, of course, all of the chat GPT and so on. So they're very affordable. And they're not the domain just of a major corporation. But when you then start to get into chatbots or detailed ways of taking somebody on the journey through the website and other multiple channels, or you get into you know certain packages, then it's a bit more expensive for a small business. But the playing field is being leveled a bit more now. Yeah, and I think like over time we actually can see AI becoming like cheaper and cheaper because. I really like the example that you gave that most of the tools they already can use AI, even if you don't know about it. But definitely right now, there are a lot of tools that only, let's say, bigger companies, only enterprises can afford. But over time, definitely what will happen, it will become extremely accessible. Because again, if you're talking, for example, about large language models, before that, it wasn't like that widely accessible. Not everyone actually could use ChatGPT. So to use it for your business, let's say five years ago, what you had to do is basically just host a separate model on your own server. And again, you had to train it on your own data. It was like extremely complex process. But look where we're at right now, like five years later, everybody can just access chat GPT, ask any question, and that's it. Exactly. The challenge is knowing the questions to ask. And the challenge as well is that you need to be strategic. And in my first book, which is still really popular, actually, despite there being another book two years later, I have a scorecard for success. And there are 10 core areas and people gamify it. And, you know, it is about buy-in from the board. It is about having a proof of concept, having a business strategy. Otherwise, you just waste your time playing around with all of these different point-to-point tools and not actually saying, well, what's our business strategy? What's our marketing strategy? How are these tools going to free us up and give us insights? And then from there, we've got to go and analyze. So again, it's working out, spending hours on chat GPT, but actually working at what's our plan? Don't just write an amazing 800-word blog with the help of ChatGPT. Work out who's your target audience, where are they active, who influences them, who refers them, and come up with content that's going to meet their needs rather than just a beautifully written you know, piece of copy. So that would be my kind of warning there, not to just get carried away with time on these tools that is too tactical. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I also can see a lot of startups, a lot of medium-sized companies make the same mistake when they just think about AI, but they don't actually spend some time to understand how strategically will it help. Again, they just hear about ChatGPT, about GPT-4, and they just start the implementation process. But they didn't spend enough time understanding how will it help their marketing strategy? How will it help their corporate strategy? Again the sales strategy, whatever it can be. You just need to spend, it's like an essential step of actually implementing AI. 
understanding how it will help. I completely agree, Pavel. So you could ask ChatGPT, provide me with a template that's widely used in the telecom sector for a marketing strategy. Keep the tone of voice authoritative. Make sure you go and you research and you draw on this incredible source of data. So you've got to kind of learn how to ask it the right questions. And that's the same really with the internet. We've all had the incredible internet at our fingertips and social platforms. But what marketeer A and marketing professional B can do with that information that's widely available is very, very different based on their resourcefulness, their strategic approach, their determination, their et cetera, et cetera, you know? Definitely, definitely. I would like to jump back a little bit. Let's say we chatted about basically different problems or different approaches companies should take when they're implementing AI. And you have worked with many companies in that space. If you can just list, let's say, five most common problems which startups or, let's say, bigger companies actually face, I think it would be extremely valuable for our audience so they can understand and prevent making the same mistake. Definitely. So you mean the challenges that they face when they're contemplating deploying AI in their marketing and sales and so on. Yeah. Again, I'm going to be very direct here and, and very honest. Not all of them fully understand what is this new technology and they might approach it by just saying, well, we need some AI in our business. We've been told to go and do that. And I think what many of them are faced with is a, a sort of a fear of the Wild West. So what's out there? So a lot of them want some help in a quite a tactical way. Who are the vendors? And so I'm helping advise who are some of the vendors. So you have the bigger companies, the Microsoft, Adobe, Google, et cetera, Facebook. But then there's thousands of these point-to-point tools out there. So they're asking, who are the vendors? How can AI help me to free up time within my team to be able to cope with all of the many demands that our organization places on our marketing team. So they're kind of coming at it from an automation of tasks point of view. They're saying, can AI in our marketing and sales really help us to truly understand who our customer is? And that's really important because as I say, it's been guesswork you know, and there are tools that, again, can help them to understand, okay, so if you're getting a lot of sales from this particular client or customer, how can you map on and understand the demographics, the habits, et cetera, of that persona A, and how do we influence them? So deeper insights about that customer. And then the next level is, well, how do we personalize what we do? And this is the bit that most people going back a couple of years, worried about and are now grasping that they thought AI was just this artificial intelligence. Now, I think people increasingly understand it to mean augmented intelligence, which equals big data. So therefore, marketeer infused with all of this big data, like teacher with big data, doctor with big data, barrister, et cetera, you get the picture we are all given almost like superhuman powers. And I listened to an amazing podcast with Sam Altman from OpenAI and Lex Friedman, which a couple of hours long, but incredible. And, you know, I'm following what a lot of people are saying, Musk and many, many others. And these tools are not infallible. 
they make mistakes, but they are giving us incredible amounts of data. They are making us smart. We're able to offer smart marketing, smart sales, smart education. And I think that's the difference. So they would be the core ones that I would be thinking about. You know, who are the vendors? How do I get to know my customer better? How do I personalize what I do for them? How do I pull all of this into a coherent marketing strategy? And then how do I fill that across my channels, my relevant channels with really compelling copy that will bring a call to action that will help me sell better. So they're the core elements of it. Definitely. And Katie, thanks a lot for sharing all that extremely valuable information, I think, for all of our listeners. Again, your insights, like your experience in the field, your practical experience actually implementing that for a lot of companies in the space, yeah, it's extremely valuable. One question about that. So you have worked with multiple clients in the space. Can you probably give us like an example of the most unusual request you actually got from clients for implementing Kia? To be honest, there isn't much out there that's that unusual. I wish I could answer that there was something really unusual. And this plays to my point earlier about this is not yet deployed at scale and it's pretty basic. I don't see anyone doing really, really exciting stuff with this. They're asking quite simple questions. A lot of them are seeking very cost-effective support. So they're asking me, how can I get all of this at a tiny, tiny cost? That's not unusual. So there's nothing, I'm sorry to say, there's nothing really, really unusual that anyone's asked me. You know, they want to understand ethics. They want it to be on a really tight budget. They're worried that it's going to make their teams feel like they're going to be made redundant. How can you help me avoid my teams all running away? So there's that kind of stuff going on, but nothing out of the ordinary. (laughs) No, no, it makes total sense, to be honest, because... I would say what we also see working with our clients, you don't get a lot of extremely unusual requests. Usually it's all about the same, let's say building a chatbot, building, let's say, chat GPT on top of custom knowledge base of that company. It's again, it's kind of problems that have already been solved. It happens probably once per year when somebody actually comes to you and has some crazy AI startup idea. Usually it's all the same, like the same problems you have solved multiple times. And Probably it's amazing because, again, you know exactly how to solve the problem. You know what questions to ask. And again, you have the process for solving that specific problem. Exactly. And also, you know that there is a need for that. And that, for me, is the start point. You know, marketing is defined as, certainly from the UK's Chartered Institute of Marketing, satisfying customer needs profitably. Now, the profitably bit comes into play unless you're in you know, a charitable space. And so at the center of everything is a customer. So at the center of the marketing challenge for these organizations is a client or customer. And everything falls from that. The wild and wacky and exciting bits might be the stunts, the creative marketing they do, the campaigns, the awards and all of that. You know, kind of that comes into it. But really at the heart of it is how do I keep my customers? How do I lose maybe the ones that aren't so profitable? How do I map on to those amazing customers and find more of them? How do I really 
upskill my salespeople so that they know how to do this. And the same with the marketing. And that won't necessarily just be Mr. Pale Male Stale, who's, you know, white, gray, 50 plus Western. The same might apply to someone young coming in with a new degree in marketing who's just not got their head around the tools. Maybe someone in their 30s rather than someone in their 50s who's actually super busy with a young family, you know. So it's not about age. It's not about gender. It's about appetite for change and making sure that you're all on this journey of continuous learning and you're getting to grips with the latest tools that can take you there. Definitely. It makes a lot of sense. That's exactly what I also see like in the industry, to be honest. And Katie, one more question I have for you is... Let's say AI is developing extremely fast right now, and many companies actually may feel disrupted or just scared about all the changes that are happening in the AI space. Can you provide them is like some basic steps that they can start doing right now to make sure they don't get disrupted, but they actually can become disruptive themselves? Yeah, it's a really good question. They can't afford to put their head in the sand and wait. Now is the time to act. Two, three, four years ago, they could afford to wait. Now they can no longer. And that's not about being an innovator. That's about catch up. So these companies, again, you can talk to people like yourself. You can talk to me. You can look at my scorecard. You can read the books. So they need to read. They need to be well-informed. They need to sit down and work out. It's like you come up with a plan. And as part of that plan, it might be a one, two, three-year plan, okay, which is important, but it needs to be a six-month plan. And that six-month plan needs to have a watching brief on the tools, the competition, the case studies of successes and failures. And then it needs to take on board some funding. And there are grants and so on available out there. It needs to educate the management team. It needs to have clarity of communication to the staff, but it needs to do some proofs of concept, some experimentation, some clear KPIs, key performance indicators, and so on. So that's a whole load of information, but you know, I've got all of that kind of pulled together in my scorecard for success. And you could look at that scorecard, gamify it, give yourself a score of naught to five out of these 10 core areas that I've just outlined and work out, are we very traditional? Are we beginning to, you know, transform, et cetera, and work out where you need to be? But you can't ignore, you certainly would be a fool to ignore the tools on the market at the moment that are free and are incredibly powerful, but there are others as well that can help you with your HR, your CX, your sales, your marketing. Definitely. And I think that's also a huge mistake many companies make. They expect basically outcome from the AI to be instant. Let's say in the first month, in the first two months, but it's not how usually AI works. Usually, like you do some preparation, again, what basically you mentioned, management education, understanding KPIs, creating the strategy, and it all takes time. You literally can spend a couple of months just educating the management, creating the strategy, making sure everybody is aligned. And after that, you just start, let's say, data engineering pipelines, the top of data engineering pipelines. You understand what kind of data you actually want to collect. You understand what kind of models you actually want to build. And it all takes time. But over time, if you start investing into AI right now, it will compound. You will not see, like, let's say, immediate returns in the next couple of months. But 
let's say, in the next year, you actually will start getting competitive advantages over your competitors. And it's going to be huge. I completely agree. Yeah. So if you actually want to leverage AI, you need to start doing it as fast as possible because it actually takes time. You're right. You're right. At that comprehensive level, at that really deep strategic marketing sales, at that intersection of marketing sales, CX, at the heart of your organization, you're absolutely right. All I would add there is that today you can start benefiting from AI in marketing and sales and HR by using a, such a powerful tool like ChatGPT. If you brief it properly, it can help you save hours per day on content creation, writing a CV, writing report, writing a spec, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there are some simple tools. Well, they're not simple. They're very powerful, but some tools that actually can get you started today and then the deeper strategic approach to it and upskilling and education that we talked about, finding funders, either having a hybrid of your own people coding and open source or a hybrid of bringing in some people who've got a platform or who've got ready-made tools. You know, that's a different ball game and that takes time and effort, but, you know, pays off most definitely. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's a really good point that you mentioned that people literally can start leveraging AI right now just using existing tools. And again, you don't have to make any investments. You basically can just understand what's possible, what AI actually can do for your business. And if you're excited, if you would like to implement it in your organization, you actually need to start investing right now because again, Most it takes definitely. a lot of time. Yeah. Time and money, you know, but let's not put people off. Like you said earlier, it is affordable for the small company. And certainly, I know you've got an international audience, but I can speak to the UK grants that we have through a lot of universities, and maybe there's equivalents all around the world, universities that work with their PhD data science students and with like the regional development funds that offer grants. So, Many, many companies are coming up with AI strategies to improve the GDP of their country. And I think there's grants and various things available country to country that can help people. Definitely, yeah. And I can see, to be honest, the same for our clients because like some of them from Europe, some of them from the US, and everybody actually can get access to the grants. Again, it's not that difficult. Yeah. You just have to know about basically that they exist. That's it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Katie, it was like extremely valuable and definitely appreciate you sharing all that experience. I would like to ask you a few closing questions. The first one would be, let's say you have a chance to invite anyone from the AI industry for a lunch. Who would it be? I love hearing Satya Nadella from Microsoft speak, but having listened to this podcast with Sam Altman from OpenAI, I would love to have lunch with him because my eyes were opened. It's a two-hour podcast, but it was fascinating talking about, is this artificial general intelligence? And some really deep philosophical questions that I normally don't delve into because it's not the start point I want to have. I want to have practical conversations like this where real companies can use real tools available today that are affordable. But it's an important conversation to be had when we think about geopolitics, when we think about the potential of robot warfare, when we think about 
what are we here for? You know, I'm kind of in my mid to late fifties now and I'm thinking of legacy and, you know, what I leave my family and, you know, how the planet is. And it's such an interesting conversation. AI, if you think about the World Economic Forum and the big UN, United Nations sustainability goals and other big goals, AI could be used to help crack some of the big issues around the world and the planet today. But equally, we're getting to a point actually, which I didn't think would happen, where we probably are looking at AGI. And it would be a fascinating conversation to off the record, probably with him to explore that in a bit more detail. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I also think like Freeman also did like amazing job just guiding the conversation, just asking the right question. And when I was watching it yesterday, it didn't feel like two hours interview. It literally like was like 10 minutes. It was so exciting, so amazing. And even though I've been in the AI space for like five years at this point, it also was extremely insightful for me. I completely agree. I'm the same. And I've written two books on it. And I've interviewed in my book some of the world's biggest brains, best brains from MIT and politicians and major brands and dozens of vendors. And I learned loads. And I love that. I get excited by constantly learning. And I think we all need to get or retain that excitement. And I think listening to people like that, and he's probably learning every day from all of his team of developers as well. But, you know, people like him, but also everyday people. I love to speak to just normal business people and others. Like I run a schools program, the Leaders of Tomorrow in Tech. That inspires me. I'm taking it to South Africa this coming weekend. I'm going out to Cape Town speaking at the World Travel Market and to hear young people's excitement about it. So it's a mixture. Definitely. And probably last question. What piece of AI are you actually using yourself in your everyday life? It can be your personal life or it can be in your business. Well, there's AI in loads of things we all do, isn't there? There's AI in my phone, in my Facebook, in my Netflix, in my Amazon Alexa. So that's kind of like happening without us, you know, it's being used when I am given loads of, you should watch this next documentary on Netflix. You should buy this on Amazon. So kind of that is hidden really, but I know that that's there. And again, I'm advising lots of people and I've trialed Concured and Jasper. I'm not using them every day because I don't need to because I can use free tools like, you know, ChatGPT, but I am using ChatGPT with my coaching clients who are CEOs, with my marketing clients, with my AI clients. So there we go. Definitely. Katie, I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And I think for our listeners, the part that you mentioned about, say, the strategy about different mistakes businesses of different sizes actually make when implementing AI is also extremely valuable. And with that being said, again, thank you very much for coming and thank you for sharing your wisdom with our audience. My pleasure, Pavel. A brilliant interview. Thank you for pulling that together for me and great to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, Katie. Have a good one. The Unleashing AI podcast is brought to you by Unleashing AI. To find out more about Unleashing AI and how innovative, custom-built AI can help your business, visit unleashing.ai. Also, make sure to search for Unleashing AI in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Unleashing AI, thank you for listening.